Episode 60, Iron Man Tulsa, Race Report and Lessons Learned. Welcome to Beyond Your Comfort Zone. I'm your host, Cami Banks. I'm a mother of four and a certified triathlon life and weight coach. I'm a lover of people, watermelons, and triathlon. I'm here to assist you in gaining a stronger body and mind, and I'm excited to help you discover your inner athlete. Let's go. Hello, my friends. Super excited to be here. I'm five days out from Ironman Tulsa, and I can almost walk normal, and I feel like my brain isn't as cloudy, and I can think better. (laughs) So both of those are pluses. It's kind of crazy, which we'll dive into because I am going to talk about Ironman Tulsa in this podcast, but your body goes through a toll for sure. And then it goes into a big dip and then you have to kind of go through the recovery and start coming out the other end. So I'm kind of coming out the other end, but when it comes out, I'll be like 10 days out of Ironman Tulsa, but now I'm recording them only five days. Anyways, um, but yeah, fun stuff there. And as far as the um, Team Elevate, in June we do a new topic. And the topic is real, is greater than processed and pretend. So we're going to really focus on how in the three different areas that I work on, how to get real in our life versus the processed or pretend. And of course, one is food, getting real food in. And then the other is really like expressing our emotions, feeling our emotions and not pretending. And the last is when we can do those two things and we can really start understanding how to help our brain help us to move us forward with our body to get to the exercise that we want, because it is such a honest and vulnerable place that if we don't get our head in the right place and the food helps us when we get the nutrients in our body, then it's harder to get to the exercise we want. So we put those two together and then that helps us with the exercise. So really excited about talking about that. And if you're interested in becoming a part of Team Elevate and then eventually becoming a part of Next Level Team Elevate, then reach out to me on Instagram at Cami Banks Coaching or at my website. And that's Cami with a K, banks.com. So super exciting, fun stuff happening, fun that the summer's happening. My kids are graduating and we have summer upon us. So that's exciting. I'm sure that's happening to all of you too. It's exciting time and it's kind of just crazy because we have structure, but then kind of the structure leaves. And so it's a little bit more unpredictable, but so fun for the kids to have that freedom. And it was kind of a weird year anyways to be like, oh yeah, we're already at summer. So it seems like a strange time, but things are coming back to normal here as far as our mask mandate and all those different things. So It'll be interesting to see how the summer goes and where it takes us and where what the fall looks like for the kids going back to school and hopefully hopefully things will be back to normal as much as possible. So anyways, I just want to dive in because this is I've been super excited to record this. People keep asking me about my race and I've given bits and pieces to everyone, but is um, this will be fun because I told everyone to listen to this coming out so I can share with them. But Ironman just in itself, I just got done watching the recap that Ironman put out. And it's, I've said this multiple times, but it is such a microcosm for life. And it's like a microcosm all condensed and concentrated into one day. 
And so it's so interesting as it plays out. And I, as I was talking to some of my athlete friends, they're just like, it's interesting because every person on the course has a story and they're out there fighting their demons. And, and as you do in life on the course and conquering them. And so it's so awesome. And I just heard some people talking about, there was this one guy who finished in 16 hours and 57 minutes and the cutoff is 17 hours. He is former homeless. And he just says, when you, when you realize you finish and you did it and that you have it in you and you're not borrowing it from someone else, it's, he's just like, I did it. I had it in me. I finished. So I, I encourage you all to go watch it. It's so inspiring. It brought tears to my eyes. Just see the stories of the people when this guy 14 months ago had COVID and then he came back and he did this race. He didn't come back. He came back from COVID and finished the race. And it's just like, it just shows you what we're made of. And so many times in life, we question if, if we have what it takes to finish, but we do, but sometimes we can't tap into it and it takes trying and trying again to tap into it. But then when we find it, like the guy said, the guy, I can't remember his name, I think his name was Mike, but that finished in 16 hours and 57 minutes. He's like, I have it. I'm not borrowing it from anyone else. I found it and I have it. And that means he has it inside of him. So super inspiring. So anyways, this was my number sixth Ironman and it never gets old. I cried on my very first one finishing because it had been a goal for mine for like 20 years and I finished. And then I haven't even cried. I, when I did Boulder in 2019 and I had the very humbling and exciting race I took first, um, I was so grateful, but the tears didn't flow about when I finished this one, the tears definitely, definitely got teary after this one. Cause this is a, I dug deeper than I ever have before in a race. And to find out what you're made of and to know that you can keep digging when you think that you can't, it's a pretty humbling experience. So I guess it still brings tears to my eyes when I think about it, but it's super, it's super good to like, you put yourself out there and you wonder what you have on the day. And sometimes you have it and sometimes you don't. And a lot of things have to come together for a race to go the way you want. And it never, I still have never had a race that everything else, every single thing has come together, but I've had a few races when the, a lot of the puzzle pieces come together and you just, you know, it's not all you, you know, it can't just be all you're doing that it has to be from a higher power or from all the support and love coming from someone else. Cause you're out there racing alone, but you're truly never alone. Cause you can't do it without like the support of everyone. So yeah, maybe I shouldn't be recording now. Cause I'm still emotional thinking about like that when I'm out there racing, I'm racing and I'm thinking of everyone that supports me and I'll get in later as I of course think of my mom and like her angel power that pushes me through, but to kind of like, get myself into the race and get myself not quite as emotional as I talk about this. Uh, we had to get up at 3 a.m. to get to the buses at 4 because we were shuttled out to the swim start. And it was kind of chaotic and they're trying to all do all the COVID rules, which I respect. But we finally got there. We got lined up. And my goal was really to stay on the feet of people so I could get the best time. And that would be my goal to really like quote unquote, follow the bubbles of people's feet and draft off them. That's the only time you can really legally draft is in the swim. And so I was super fortunate. I just stayed really close to people as much as I could. And I came out of the water and I felt really solid. I was, I was really excited. I was close to the time I wanted within a minute or so. I was 111 and I wanted 110. So I was really like close to that. And I felt really solid. I got on, I got through my transition, got all my stuff. And this is when it kind of got a little wonky. <laughs> And then I'll start talking about the life lessons learned. But 
I got my stuff together in transition, got my bike, got my helmet, got all this stuff. And then I was like, oh, I need to run to the bathroom. And I was like, it'll only take a few minutes. So that was my first few minutes quote of the day that kind of took some time. Did that. And then this is when life lessons started kicking in a lot. I got through transition, got into the mount line or got out. And so then you mount your bike, get on your bike. And I started going and I'm like, I'm going to start, you know, how I do my food every 15 minutes. I got my Roctane fuel out, my gel, and I started putting it in my mouth and I realized my visor. So I have a visor on my helmet for my, they're like kind of sunglass visors and it was loose. So I tried to push it back on and then I tried to push it on and then just the whole visor fell out fell out and fell into my hand. And I haven't mentioned it yet, but it was raining. It it was raining when I got on the bus at 4am. And it was raining all the way through the swim, still raining into transition. And it would hence rain like almost all of the bike in a torrential downpour, like crazy rains. And it let up a little bit on the run. But so super rainy. And I knew I wear contacts. So I knew I was gonna need my visor. So it just fell into my hand. And I was like, I do not want to wreck right here because the roads are slick. There's tons of people. When you mount onto your bike, everyone's trying to start the race onto their bike. And it's crazy. So I pulled over to the side and took another few minutes to put my visor on. And I, it was not popping in. Finally, it popped in. So I'm like, all right, now I'm settling in. It's like the first smile. I, did that happen? Settling into my bike. I'm like, here we go. As you come around, you start dropping down a hill when you first start. Like the first couple miles, you start down a hill. So I'm like tucking in and you go in arrow. And arrow just means you get into your arrow bar so you can tuck in tight so you can go down the hill. And it's raining, so I still want to be cautious. So I start going down and I hear a thud on the back of my tire. I'm like, that was weird. And I look back and my tool pouch like holds your spare tire and all your tools. And mind you, the roads have potholes like crazy. So everyone's like, you're probably flat a couple times to make sure you have tires and tubes and replacements. So I'm like, I can't just leave that there in my head and think I can't just leave that there. I have to go back up. So I had to get out of the flow of traffic, go against traffic and walk up a hill because I didn't want to be biking to get in people's way. Go back, walk up the hill and get my tool bag. And it was like the Velcro was all wet from the rain and it wasn't sticking. So I had to, again, pull to the side, take a Another few minutes and try to jerry-rig the tool bag that sits in the back, back of my seat on. So I finally got that on, and then I start pedaling. And when I turned around really quickly after I realized my tool bag had fell off, somehow my chain had popped off. So I tried to start pedaling down the hill and just shifting my gears because um, I have electronic shifting, and I was trying to shift my gears to go down the hill. And <laughs> it would not get in. Is What it was actually doing was getting my gears stuck more and more. And it doesn't matter. There's a, there's a few pieces on my bike that they tried to fix that, like, if the chain gets caught, it, it's like it holds the chain and the derailleur thing. And they tried to fix it at the bike shop, but I guess they didn't fix it very well because it jammed so tight. So I had to pull over to the side of the road. I'm like, this will only take a few minutes. Couldn't get it unstuck, so then I had to flip my bike all the way around. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> put my bike around and I'm still trying to get it and I'm trying to get the chain undone and it's not coming I'm like yanking on it trying to switch my gears up and down as my bike's upside down I'm cutting my fingers because I'm just like a little bit frantic my fingers are like all bloody so there's blood coming all over my bike mixed with the rain <laughs> I'm like of course in my head I thought what if my race is done what if what if like I have to stop my race right now and I realized that thought was not going to help me to think my race is going to end right now. So I was like, there has to be a way to get a chain unstuck. It's not that big a deal. And of course, just a little more prying. And, you know, I finally got it undone and started down the hill. So this time I'm like, okay, I'm really settled in. <laughs> so my first lesson is learned is that there's no use crying over spilt milk. So don't argue with the past. So as I took off, I knew that I had lost quite a few minutes 
And I was just like, you know, what? I can't even do anything about that now because it what's done is done and hopefully nothing else goes wrong. But I have to move forward and to keep dwelling on that will just have me not focused on what's ahead of me. So the first couple miles of the bike, I just as much as I could had to let it go. And all the time that I lost, I just had to let it go and just know that like, let's get back to the game plan. Let's get back to nutrition. Let's get back to hitting the watts that you want and let's move. And I was like, I want to hit between 160 and 165. And I obviously lost, I had zero watts for a lot of minutes. So I was just like, I'm just going to get back to that. Just keep focusing on that. And as the day just kept going by on the mouse, just kept going by. I was just like, Hey, you just keep pedaling. You just keep doing this. And I would see people out on the course and they were telling me, you know, you're like in seventh. And then it was like, 50 miles later, they're like, you're in sixth. And and I had to like literally concentrate on not getting frustrated that like I was a little bit behind the game. I hadn't made it very much space, very much time. And I didn't know how much that had cost me. And I didn't know where that was going to put me. But as I said, like, even when I did my race report from St. George, I was like, listen, I can't be greedy and I can't go harder than I know I can go to try to make up my, my space right now. All I know is I'm going to ride the same power I said I was going to ride and just ride it. So that would be my first lesson is that like arguing with it is not going to do any good. And even in life, like so many times things happen in the past and we want to argue with it and be like, oh, it should have been this way. I wish I had done this, whatever that. Unless we have a time machine, we can't go back and change it. So I, I really had to learn this lesson. And even I was, me and my husband were talking about this before the race even started, that things that happen, I have to try to just let them go. And it's been a hard lesson for me to learn, but I really had to like implement that into my bike on the, on the day of the course. So I just kept riding and I was, there was a few times I was so scared on the bike. I felt like I was in a mount, on a mountain bike cause you'd go down hills and there'd be potholes. So you had to find like the right line to go down. Just like when you're mountain biking, you have to find the, like the right line. So you don't hit the trees or the branches. This time it wasn't. So you didn't hit the potholes or the big puddles. So as the rain was coming down, there's potholes and you had to just swerve out of the way. And I just like tucked back, like put my seat, all my bum all the way off the seat. Like I do in mountain biking and just like prayed that I wouldn't die. And I did it. So I just kept going. And that's how the race was for a lot of it. The first two thirds of the bike was a lot of potholes, a lot of ups and downs. It was like 5,000 something feet climbing. So there was climbing the whole time. And then luckily the back half, there was still climbing, but there was less potholes. So I, I felt like pretty secure and pretty comfortable that I could just keep riding the course. And the whole time I had to keep myself in check being like, you can't get greedy on the bike because you still have a run ahead of you. So make sure that whatever you just do here, you just do your best. You can't change the past. You just do this. And then we're going to move on. So, and my second lesson learned is that experience is priceless. So you try, try, try again. And people say, well, then how do I do it if I don't have experience? Well, the first experience you have, that's when you try, right? That's the courage to try. And I've been doing Ironman for a bit now. So I know there's going to be obstacles in the way. And I know that there's going to be things that like cause me to want to like question what I'm doing, but I'm like, listen, from experience, it knows that you just keep riding it out. You keep pedaling out and you get, you just continue to move and it's okay. And even with the rain, I was a little bit worried what the rain would do, but luckily I've had experience where I've run Boston when it was like torrential drought downpour in 2018 and it never stopped. And I'm like, I've done it then and I can do it now. So I think even in life, just know that like experience is priceless and to get experience, we just have to start the first time. And then we try learn from that experience do the, do it again. And we, every time we create new ways to learn how to do that and we create tools in our toolbox, every experience we have, and we keep repeating that. And that's why it's priceless because I've done it now enough to know that like things are going to happen and you just have to move on. So just always remember that like 
the experiences that we're having, whether it be good or bad, it's going to be a priceless opportunity for us to learn and then take that learning lesson and then apply it to the next experience. So I, I was grateful for all the times that I've had. I mean, I've had so many different times biking and I've, I've even wrecked during biking and I've finished the race. So all the time my brain wants to tell you, if this and this happens, you're going to be out of the race or this is happens, you're not gonna be able to do it. And you're like, no, listen, I've had experience where I know it and my brain just wants to keep me safe and I can keep doing it. So that's the next one. So anyways, I kept moving on the bike, kept going and it started thinning out and I'm like, where are all the people, you know? And I was getting close to the finish and I, luckily there was awesome people supporting me on the race and they were telling me how I was doing. And as I got into transition, um, into T2, I saw my husband and I was like, I told him like, make sure to tell me my stats. So I just know how to just so I know where I'm at in the race because I was trying for a Kona spot. And he's like, okay, you moved into fifth. And I was like, awesome. Because when I was in St. George, when I finished the bike, I was in seventh. And I was like, I really just want to get to a podium. And I was like, you need to get to fourth. So even when I was on the bike, from the experience of knowing that like I could be here, just not get greedy, keep my same pace. And it's possible to still get to the spot that I want. So I had to keep moving forward. I saw him, he's like, you're in fifth. You just got to keep a solid run. And I just kept going. So as I started running and started moving, I, I again, I, I said this in times before, I run on power. So I just lock in a power number and it's a power number that I can run pretty easily. So the first, it's two loop course. So the first loop, I was just like, okay, like I'm going to have this locked in. And if I feel like I can run faster, the second loop, I will thinking that I could. <laughs> but the thing is, is that it seems easy the first loop because your body is like feeling good to run because it's getting off the bike. But then the second loop doesn't quite seem as easy, so that's why you actually run a little easier, well, actually a lot easier the first loop, thinking that it's going to be easy, but you're, as your body gets tired, then it feels like it's hard. So but my my mantra was um, a body in motion stays in motion. So even in the water stops, I just get ice and water, and I use ice till the next block, and I always, I always put ice in a baggie, and I rub it on my body, rub it everywhere, because it stopped raining by that point. I was soaking wet, but I wanted to keep my body cool. But I don't really stop because when you stop, then you have to get the momentum to get up and get going again. So I was just like, okay, body in motion, stay in motion. I kept saying that. And of course, I use my mantras like, like I get to do this. And the thing I always use now since the pandemic is, you know, I get to every stroke, pedal, stride. I'm grateful. And I heard someone say, and even in the Ironman recap, that she said that like we have today, but we're, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We can move today, but what if we can't move tomorrow? And she races for someone with MS. But I mean, when I, I raced for my mom, like she had, she had the world in her hands and then it, it was kind of like taken away from her. So one moment she had it all and then it was gone with ALS. So we never know. So that was my mantra. Like I just get to be here. And for those that can't be here and want to be here, I'm here for them. So as I kept running, but I really just keep like a body in motion stays in motion. And even when I talk about people that are learning to just start to exercise, even the very first two minutes is the hardest to get from zero to not doing it to moving. And that's what I, what I say when our body's in motion, we're moving, then we actually have more momentum to move forward. So I like to tell people, or when we start with our eating, like just try, don't think we have to change the whole thing. Just try one thing. And that's a body in motion, putting something in our mouth, the motion of doing one thing. And then we want to do more, but we have to keep the body in motion because if we start and stop the momentum to start from stopping to, to moving is greater than when we just stay in it. And I know in racing that like, I'm like, I just have to keep moving because I don't want to have to get the extra energy to start up again. So that was that I use it all the time. And it's just, just keep moving. Right. 
So as the race kept going, I got onto the second loop and I, this is when for the, everyone tracking me, it got really exciting because my husband's like, you can catch fourth. Like you're super close to catching fourth, but me and fourth kept trading. If I understand, kept trading spots back and forth. And then they're like, you could actually catch the ones in third. And as I kept going, they're like, you could catch second. Like you were within minutes of catching second. And so I'm into the second loop and my cute husband's like, how are you feeling? I'm like, well, I have almost done like an Ironman. So I'm getting a little tired, but I already told him that like, if I run the first loop and I feel fine, I can take it up. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try to take up my power a little bit. And every time I think that I actually wouldn't take it up. I would just keep it at the same power that I started with, but I thought I was taking it up because I was like trying to boost up my energy, but my body was just locked in at I raced at 205 with my power. And I was like, okay, I can't really go up that much more. So I just kept going. But I remember being like, why is this hard? I remember thinking that thought. And so my fourth lesson is that, like, I had to tell myself, you chose this hard. You chose this. And even, like, as a parent, like, we're like, why is this hard? But we choose to be parents. Or we're like, why is this hard when I'm trying to, you know, eat right or be healthy? But we choose it because we want something better. We want to see what our bodies can do. We want to see what will take us to discovering ourselves. So we choose it, even if we don't want to. And if we're not choosing it, then why are we doing it, right? So I told myself, like, we choose the hard. And learning to accept, allow, and embrace the hard makes it a lot more tolerable than trying to resist or argue with it. So if I want to argue with it and be like, why is this hard? This shouldn't be hard. I'm wasting so much energy because it is hard doing an Ironman. Like, I don't really think anyone would try to say that that's not hard. Nor do I think people would say that trying to get back to a healthier state or healthy place is not that there isn't some aspect of hard or being the parent that we truly want to be. There's not aspects of being hard. Yes, there is. And we choose it because we want to, and we want to see how how great we can get it, how how close we can get to being the best that we can. So I reminded myself of that multiple times, <laughs> as in the second loop of the run, it was starting to get hard. And I'm like, no, nope, I chose this. Like, of course, it's going to be hard. And I kept telling myself, I'm like, this is what you train for. This is what all the hours you train for. And this is like when it comes down to it. And I still didn't know where I was, but I was like, listen, I have to give it all that I can. So at the end of the race, I know that I did it. Like I won't sit there and have regret. And I think that's so true for all of us. So like when the race, when the quote unquote, our race ends, like we don't want it on our, you know, 80, when we're 80 on our deathbed, we don't want to be like, oh, I could have done this, that. No, like you gave it what you could and let the cards fall when they may. And that's kind of what I want to do in this race. And as I saw my other base teammates, which are awesome cheering me on, they're just like, you are so close. You're within like two minutes or one minute to catching second and third. Like you have to lay down the hammer. So that was like six miles to the finish. And this is the coolest part of like the last six miles is that like, to be honest, like I was hurting inside. Like my body was hurting, things were hurting, but I'm like, if I stop, it's still gonna hurt because I've been working out for so long. So it's not gonna help to stop right now. And I know that like I can all the things that I've learned, of course physically I train hard, but all the things that I've learned about the mental, the mental capacity that we have to push further than our body thinks is, and all the way our brain's trying to stop us to keep us safe. You're like, no, I'm like, I know I can push past this. And so as I started running the lap, the back six, you know, there's like a loop and it's the last part of the loop, the last six miles. I was like, I literally dug into the deepest that I could. And I was like smiling and it wasn't a fake smile. It was a smile of like, holy cow, I still have enough energy to move forward. And 
the whole race, people were commenting to me like, oh my gosh, there's the girl that smiles. There's 1370. She's smiling. And that's why it like the last lesson that I want to share is that gratitude breeds energy. So I would just like smile at everyone. They, they weren't out there cheering for me and they're just out cheering for their people, but I'd smile and they're like, oh, awesome. And I would like high five him or I'd give him like, you know, a what's up or whatever it was. But they're like my gratitude. And I'm like, thank you for being here, Brett. It would breed energy from them that would give back to me. So I think in life so much, like we when we are grateful and we have the gratitude in our heart it breeds more energy to have more gratitude because people other it's generating and it's kind of mirrors it so like you're grateful and then they can feel that and it comes back to you and it was like this coolest thing ever for like the last six miles I mean and granted I was like a really bright kid a purple and pink so everyone's like oh I love your kid and it's really noticeable and all I mean I love base go base because they do great kits but they're like, oh, there, here comes the girl again. Because I've seen him four times on this course. And the, here comes the smiling girl. And I was like, thank you, thank you. And it just, the bigger I smiled and the more people would like, I was interacting with people, that would breed so much energy. And that's what fueled me. And my other thought w- was fueling me with the gratitude is like, I was really calling on my um, angel power. And I was like, mom, I'm like, I know we got angel power here. And I was just, and I just like really went through her head, the legacy she left and the gratitude I felt for her and that bred more energy. And so granted, like I was running the same pace, but my body's trying to tell me I was tired, but I was breeding energy to fuel my body in another way. And that was breeding the energy of gratitude. So the whole rest of the six miles in, it was like, I think I was fueled. I stopped eating my food at that point because I was done eating, but I was fueled truly on the gratitude and the energy of others and people tracking me. I know they were sending me positive energy and I got to mile 24 and I was like, okay, I'm feeling solid. Like I got this. And always in the back of my head, it plays in like, what if you can't make the last mile? What if your body just gives out on you? But I have to tell myself, nope, I know how to run this. I've run this in races before. And my last lesson I talked about experience is priceless. I knew that I'd ran a 205 in Boston, so or not in Boston, in Boulder in 2019. So I was like, I know I can do a 205. My body's not going to give out on me. Stop, t- stop telling me that brain. I'm fine. And I came around mile 24 and a half and it's on a freeway at the very end. And it's actually, you get to climb the last part. And but there's not really a lot of people on the freeway because I'm not close enough to the finish line. But I get to mile 25 and I'm actually getting really tired at this point. And I was like, okay, keep smiling, keep moving. Like you still chose this. This is like the last. This is when you give it your all. I'm like, do I have anything left to give it all? You know, I'm like battling with myself. And um, I did this too in Boulder. But I'm like, I started asking people. I'm like, is the finish line close? Did I take make a wrong turn because the last mile starts to feel like it's five miles. <laughs> it's not really, but I did this too. And I'm like, there's no way I could have gotten off course. There's like all these arrows, but there's just no one around me this time. Cause I've spread out the course or whatever. And I still don't know if I've passed the people. I don't know what position I'm in. I'm like, I just cannot lose seconds right now because I have to stay solid. So coming around and people are like, no, you're good. Stay on the course. And then as I just come around the corner, I start seeing like where it lines to the finish line. And I knew I had done it and I picked up my pace and I just like gave it all I got. And um, there's pictures that this wonderful photographer took that I don't know who he, he just saw me, I guess he's out for a friend, but it captures exactly the way I feel. And I just had like, this is when you take off the mask. Like I talk about, this is like the gratitude in my heart. I was just like, had my hands in the air and I was like, holy cow, I dug deep and I did it and I have it in me. And it's just like, as I came down the finish line, I was like, this is what it's like in life when you like you come through a messy middle and then you come down the finish line and you're like, holy cow, I didn't think I had it in me and I dug deep enough and I finished it. And you can look back and be like, wow, I have more in me than I thought that I did. And so I came across the finish line 
and I like I did it. I still didn't know how it went because when you race, you don't you're not like racing competitor to competitor, like foot foot to foot. You start different times, so I had no idea. And I came in, and the volunteers were amazing, and they were like holding me up. They're like, "Do you need a medic?" I'm like, "No, I'm just so tired because I just dug deeper than like I had before, and I just I think my body wanted to get up, but my mind was stronger on the day." And I came around, got pictures, and then I went to get my bag, and I didn't know how I did. And then I called my husband to see where he was, and he was waiting for me at the gate because you couldn't come in because of COVID. They had like a bunch of restrictions, and he told me that I'd take. I got the chance to take second, and the tears just started flowing because I was like, I can't believe on that day that like it came together, and it was just like such a humble feeling, and it was like the heavens were like close to me. And I was like, thank you. Cause I didn't do that myself for sure. It was the people supporting me and my angels and like heavenly power. Like for whatever reason, I was able to like pull it all together and it was just so awesome. So, and then once I stopped, I couldn't really walk. <laughs> so, <laughs> I could barely walk back to the car. So a body motion stays in motion. I'm glad I didn't stop and walk when I started wanting to get tired. I probably wouldn't be able to finish the race because I had, I think the car was like three fourths of a mile and it was like the, it was harder than the Ironman to get back to the car. <laughs> so as the day wrapped up, I was super excited and I got in the car. I was just, it's those times when you just feel like you're so grateful and so humbled and so blessed to have a life that you do. And with all the hard comes like you don't do something that's hard and you don't do something that's great without the hard there. So just to review the life lessons and the takeaways is don't cry. The first one is don't cry over spilled milk and don't argue with the past. So just keep moving forward and realize to focus on what's ahead of you and not what's behind you. And the second one is experience is priceless. So try, try, and try again. And each experience gives you more tools for your toolbox. And the third one is momentum. A body in motion stays in motion. So just keep moving. And the fourth is we choose the hard, learning to accept, allow, and embrace the hard instead of arguing and resisting it. And the fifth is gratitude breeds energy. So if you can remember those things and apply them to what er other, other areas of your life or whatever area it is, I believe it will make a difference. And I don't think it has to be Ironman that we try, but Ironman's slogan is anything is possible. And I think that that was what was awesome on the day. And whenever I race, it's like something that first seems impossible and then it becomes possible is a feeling that's really hard to articulate. So I hope that we all get a chance in our lives to set our sights on something that right now seems impossible. But as we continue to work hard, we train and we're consistent, we move forward, then we can actually see it become possible. And that to me is what it feels like when we're truly living life is sticking with the hard and all the messy middle to get to the finish. So anyways, yes, it it, the race came together and it was miraculous and it was a day that I dug deeper than I thought possible. And for each one of us, when we're in the middle and we think we can't, we have another level of digging deeper than we can imagine. And I encourage all of us to try to tap into that. And I hope that there's something that you learn from here. Try one of these life lessons or try something in your heart, in your life that is hard and see what it teaches you about yourself and where it takes you. And when we get through that, all the things that we've learned. So until next week, I'll talk to you guys all soon. All right. Bye-bye. Would you like to achieve the things you know you want to do? I offer one-on-one coaching and a new program called Team Elevate. 
It is a small group program that lasts six weeks. Inside the program, we work on goals and finding strategies to get you through your challenges. I also help you create a food protocol and I create your own personalized exercise program. It's like joining a gym for your body and your mind. You can find out more information on my website at camibanks.com or reach out to me on Instagram at camibankscoaching. Also, if you like this podcast, I would love for you to subscribe, rate and review it and share it with a friend. And most of all, thank you so much for sharing your time with me today. Bye-bye.